Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. So excited to have you with me today and super excited to bring you today's special guest, Andy Welk, who leads our team and I get to help be a part of leading the team alongside him. But he was a guest recently on one of our membership calls and so I am so excited to share this with you. It is full of great knowledge and information from Andy's 14 years in real estate, so I know it will help you. And if you apply the things Andy talks about in this episode, it will definitely help you create success. So really hope you enjoy this interview with Andy. And so let's jump right into it. Welcome to today's call, everybody. So awesome to see you. So As you can see, there's a new face with us. Andrew Welk, who leads our team, is here. So Andy's busted my chops for a long, long time that I've never let him be on a podcast interview. And I said, come on the membership call. We can do an interview. We can let you talk to the community. So Andy, I'll try to be nice. It's going to be really hard. But thank you so much and welcome to the call. Well, thank you. And uh, we should be in the same room together so I can kick you in the leg when you go to interrupt me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, not to uh, cut in what I'm saying. And uh, hello, everybody. Well, thanks so much for being here. I mean, and and guys, you know me, you know my personality. So me and Andy are probably going to be really sarcastic and we'll try to be nice. So, Andy, I mean, as I've built this out and built out the podcast, like I think a lot of people are like, they they ask about you, right? Because you lead the team. We kind of, you know, I lead a lot of the things on the team with you now. But I mean, your journey has kind of been pretty crazy, right? So you are still, right? And this is where we'll we'll have to give the the note that a lot of people are like, oh, I want to work part-time and make really good money in real estate. You do that, but explain to us, okay, so you're a full-time firefighter paramedic. Explain that to everybody and explain how, Yes, you're part-time in real estate, but why you really are able to put in full-time hours. Kind of explain your journey with the fire department. So when he said part-time, you know, real estate, I I really am not part-time in real estate. It's become a second full-time career. So um, I've been involved in fire and EMS since probably 1996. And from there, you know, had worked multiple jobs and multiple part-time jobs. Anyways, in in 2006, I got hired by Montgomery County, Maryland Department of Fire and Rescue, which is in obviously Maryland, but right outside of uh, D.C. So I go down there nine days a month and I work a 24-hour shift and then I'm off for two days. And then after my sixth shift, I'm off for five days. So it, it, it works out that I'm only there, excuse me, nine days a month. So what that really provides me then is 21 days of physically being home, if not more because of annual leave and everything like that, you know, to focus on real estate. And plus two, real estate has become so mobile. I got my license in 2008, right when the market, I mean, tanked. I don't know. I think John said everyone here is... uh, 
a newer agent. So, you know, 14 years ago, everyone knew about the recession and the market crash and everything like that. Well, from there, you know, it just, it started to grow. It was a rough couple of years, but you know, the past, I would say the past four or five years, you know, the real estate career from, for myself has taken off and developed into a team, but it's really important to, to stress that I don't work a regular nine to five Monday through Friday or a three to 11 job. I work a very unique, you know, schedule compared to anyone else that would have a normal nine to five job Monday through Friday. You know, when I'm gone, I'm gone for 24 hours, but you know, I'm typically back the next morning. Like mm-hmm. for example, this morning I got I got off of shift this morning and I was home here by 8:30 and you know, showered and you know, even had time to stop at Dunkin Donuts and get my coffee. But, you know, ready to go for, you know, for this Zoom call and and podcast at, you know, 10 o'clock this morning. Right. So, it has definitely provided me a uh flexibility um with having another full-time career. But uh, just really want to stress that. I mean, it's it's hard. It, it is hard to do real estate part time. It's very challenging. I know that I've had people that are teachers that, you know, just want to do it in the summers. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's great. But, you know, what are you going to do the other nine months? So, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. kind of a little yeah. little backstory, um, you know, of me, where I've started and, you know, just explaining how hard it is to have a second full-time career on top of real estate. No, thank you so much. So how in the world, right? So 08 happens, you get into real estate. Like what the heck was like the first thing you did when you're like, holy cow, this just crashed? (laughs) That's a great question because I guess I really didn't know what I was going to do because I got into real estate just because I have bought my third house or I think it was, sorry, my second house with my, my, my ex-wife. I, I have been divorced and have since remarried. And I really like the process. I'm like, you know, this was really a cool thing. You know, why don't I just get my license? I'll hang out for, you know, however long I'm at the fire department and this will be a cool retirement gig for me. So I never really focused, I would say, on real estate, you know, during that crash, and and I think, you know, for for me, it has worked for me, but, you know, it, it may have also started me in the wrong direction because I really didn't seek out leads. I let leads seek out me. So, I, I mean, I never really had this initial desire to like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be, you know, my new career. I, I'm leaving my my current job. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but one of the things that I found, and and again, John and I go round and round about this all the time, but there's multiple ways to skin a cat when it comes into the real estate business. And any, anyone's an animal lover. I am too. That's just a, <laughs> just a verbiage that I use. I don't skin cats. Um, so, you know, there, there's multiple ways to do this. So I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think I kind of this easy way. And I just didn't, I didn't seek out leads. I let leads, you know, seek me out. But what I did is I started talking to more and more people, more and more people that were in my close network of police, fire, and EMS. And what happened over the 14 years of doing this is I've gone from 
Andy, the fireman that does real estate to now Andy, the real estate agent, you know, and oh, by the way, are you still at the firehouse? So I would say that's kind of, did I answer your question, John? I think I kind of went about around round about it in a crazy yeah. way. No, absolutely. And I, I think it's very interesting because you're right. Like there's multiple ways to skin a cat on here on these calls and on the podcast. We talk a lot about like social media, but there are different ways to do it. So I actually love that. Let's jump into that. I know you do something special for firefighters, police, EMS, either Thanksgiving or Christmas, but let's talk about the niche you've created. And it's not just like I show up at the fire department, I go home. You are intentionally building relationships fire, EMS, police, even when you're not working at the fire department. So can you tell us more about like what you try to do and how that's kind of worked for you? Yeah. You know, one being out and about in the community, you know, um, you know, popping in at a local firehouse, you know, for me is, is not uncommon because I know, I know a lot of the people, you know, I'm fortunate in Lancaster County here. I would almost say, Eight out of 10, nine out of 10 times, if I stop in a firehouse, I know someone in that firehouse and that that person knows me. So it's just get, it's getting your face in, in front of them. One of the things that I, I've done, and I haven't really done too much marketing and advertising with this, but I think, you know, it's something I think we need to do more of is I, I've popped into local firehouses at their monthly meetings. And, you know, I've maybe brought a tray of cookies or something along those lines. But I hand out business cards and I tell them, I said, hey, every person that you refer to me, I will make a $500 donation to your fire department in your name, you know, when that individual goes to uh, closing, you know, whether they buy or sell. And if they buy and sell, then then it gets doubled. It's, it's $1,000, which I mean, around, you know, I don't, again, I don't know where everyone is from, but, you know, Lancaster County, we rely heavily heavily on our volunteers. And I mean, these are, you know, men and women that are giving up of their time, volunteering their time to literally put out fires. So any way that, you know, I can help them, I do that. Probably about three years ago, maybe four, uh, one of my my primary lender, uh, Mark Ponce with Loan Depot, we uh, started bringing Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas dinner, depending on when it you know, when the shifts were, but it started as a Christmas Eve, um, just because that's when the restaurants were still open, is we would take uh, dinner around to all three Lancaster City firehouses. And, you know, the men and women there then didn't have to worry about cooking that night or the next day, you know, when they were working on the holiday. This past year was actually even more special because Lancaster City Bureau of Fire was running extremely low staffed. And some of these men and women had been at the firehouse for well over 72 hours and, you know, hadn't seen their families. The holidays are coming around and they were just very, um, very happy and, you know, very grateful that, you know, we brought, you know, a hot, a hot meal to them. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, and I think it's, it's really cool. I think in everything that we're doing, whether it's, fire. I mean, I've even I've been going to Andy's church, right? I started going to that church a couple couple months ago, probably. And it's very interesting, Andy, um, even the people that I meet that know you, right, just because you're showing up serving at the church, right? You and Rachel serve there, right? Involved. Like, I think that changes now. I'm not and I think everybody knows I'm not saying go to a church to be like the real estate guy. But 
I am saying that like when you create relationships with people, like I met a few people and they were like, oh yeah, Andy. Like I just said, oh, I know Andy Welk. They said, oh yeah, the realtor. Like they just kind of know, even if they've never used you to buy real estate property now. And I think that kind of just goes to what we all can build in our real estate business and our brand to bring that awareness. So now I'm not saying this to toot my horn. <laughs> Tell us more about like social media, right? How you kind of felt about it a couple of years ago. And I kind of said, hey, I, I think there's some potential here. What did you, and you kind of explained it with like, they just saw you as a firefighter and now real estate, but even in the community, how has like, how do you feel like social media, something that all of us on this call can use for free to promote our business? What has happened? with your business with it? I mean, I know we've talked, there isn't like a tangible number like this many people, but it sounds like you've gotten a lot of feedback from people who see the real estate stuff and you're like top of mind. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and before we get into that, I want to back up and, and touch sure. base with, um, you know, what you were saying about, you know, church. And and, and I think that's, that's probably our biggest focus. You know, my, my biggest focus, you know, with my real estate career is it, it isn't mine. It isn't my success. Yeah. I mean, God is the one that gets all the glory, you know, for all of this, you know, and that's what it comes down to. God provides. And, you know, we, as the Andrew Welk group, you know, that that's our first thing. God, God is first and foremost, the focus followed by our family and then followed by our business. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people, and I'm not saying I'd be hypocritical if I was saying I did that every time, but, you know, I really try and strive every day to, you know, make that the focus. So, you know, being involved in your local church and, you know, your your beliefs. And again, I don't know who here is and is not, you know, a Christian or, but, you know, from, from my standpoint, that is what's really, you know, pushed my career over the top was probably about 10 years ago when I rededicated my life to Christ. And, you know, things have been, you know, an upward climb, a good upward climb, you know, for real estate for me. So John was saying about social media, social media, I, I mean, I'm 46 years old, you know, <laughs> so social media was just has been something that it was there, you know, it's free. Let's see what we can do. And, you know, it's really taken off, you know, with, with who knows how many people see what we do or you know, truly see. Sure, you get the engagements or people click the likes and, and this, that and the other thing. But social media has been a, a huge presence for, you know, a, lo a lot of things, you know, I've, <laughs> this sounds, this sounds crazy, but, you know, my mom passed away a little over a year ago and we were at her funeral and people were coming through the line. And I think, John, I think I told you at least four or five people had come up during the line, through the line, you know, expressing their condolences and we're like, dude, you're like crushing it in real estate. And I'm like, how do you know? And they're like, oh, we follow you on social media or we see you on social media. So, you know, it, it, it's really something that's that's been out there. And, you know, I've met other people out in the community and been out and about. And I'm like, you know, I, I introduced myself because I don't think I know this person. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know you. You're, you know, you, you sell real estate. And I'm like, how in the world do you know this? I don't even know who you are. Mm -hmm. And they see it on social media. They see the signs in the yard. I mean, this crazy mustache, I guess, really <laughs> sticks out you know, to a lot of people. And it, it's not, you know, I, there's a local realtor that's, you know, the magical beard sells home. There's no magical beard that sells home. There's no magical mustache that sells a house, but it stands out. You know, when, when people have called, people have called the office and said, you know, 
you know, hey, I met that realtor with the crazy mustache. What's his name? And, you know, that's me. But again, you say it, that our, our face, our images, our 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 cells, our for sale, our pendings, you know, are out there. And, you know, I'm going to toot John's. Oh, wait, can we stop recording this? So this isn't no, recorded. No, this is a good part. Here, wait, ready? I'm waiting. <laughs> well, you're going to double record it now? You know, hold, hold on. Let me click close to the mic. Can you hear this a little better? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I gotta give I gotta give John credit because again, I was just like, whatever. We're, we don't need to do anything. You know, it is what it is. You know, I'm not you know doing all this social media stuff, and I'm still not doing TikTok videos. Um, <laughs> Me and Kara, Kara, we're gonna get him there. We're gonna get him there. right. But you know, it, it's really it's really taken off. It's really been a big presence, and you know, one of the things too is you just you don't know you don't know who's looking at it. You know, my Facebook page is open to the public. You know, I don't, nothing's private. I kind of wear my, I would say my life and my emotions on my sleeve. Just disclaimer. If you sometimes do get on I my have face- to yell at him about what he right. posts. I do. I was, I was going to say, if you do get on my Facebook page, there are some politically, you know, stuff that is on there. And um, I do like a good debate. I don't, belittle anyone that differs from my opinion. I like to talk about it. We like to hear. So just throw that disclaimer out there. But that's the other thing too, is you have to watch out on your social media pages, the audience that you're playing to. Mm -hmm. My audience are are probably very, very in line with the same beliefs and values that I have. Mm -hmm. You know, we have an individual on our team, not Kara or John, but, um, (laughs) You know, he has, you know, he has said to John, like, you know, Andy's poster really politically driven. Is he worried about losing business? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be transparent so people know who I am and know who who they're going to be working with. But again, that's just another thing that you have to watch on social media if that's something that you're concerned about. Well, I think, Andy, it's so interesting you say that because I think like I don't do that on social media and and that's okay. But I think, you know, who you're and I think we've talked on these calls, guys, about like attracting and detracting. Like sometimes if you want to detract a certain type of person, you can do that. Now, again, I don't do that, but I'm also at a different point. Right. You know, three, four years into my career, Andy's right. Or what are we? Twelve? I don't. I can't even do math. Are you fourteen? Fourteen now? Yeah. So, 14. and so I think that lets you kind of have a little more say. And uh, yeah. And if somebody gets upset, that's fine. I do think right. And I wouldn't necessarily post like you do. And that's fine. We, you know, we disagree. Uh, we disagree a little bit, but like you stand up for what you believe in. You're respectful when someone disagrees, right? And so I think if you're going to do that, hey, at least Andy in in how he does it, like. Hey, if you disagree, he completely respects it. He's going to, you know, not be rude, not be belligerent. And so I think like, you know, you even had other people, right, that we interact with at the office say something and you're like, well, I was respectful. I I was just coming from my point of view, my but I but I think that's super important. Um, And I think the social media piece is like and I think we've said this on the calls, guys, but there's so many lurkers. And that's like my new favorite word mm-hmm. on social media. There's so many people that will never like will never comment, will never say anything to you. And then they'll be like, I, I mean, I, I one of the Phillies playoff games, I had someone message me from college in 2006 and they're like, can you help me sell my house? And I'm like, what? I'm like, first of all, this is a terrible time. But second of all, like, 
Yes. And it, it's just very interesting. The people that are watching year after year. And so that's why, like, for those of you, it's a long game. It's kind of like a 26.2 mile marathon. It's not you don't go one mile in and give up. So so I made a joke, Andrew, about your CRM because you we don't really have one right now. But I do think and I, I it's sort of a joke, but it's sort of also a compliment that like you do a really good job keeping in touch with people. So like, I know you joke and you even say for team meetings, oh, it's all in my head. Like, but how do you figure out, okay, I have limited time. Who am I checking in with, right? You know, you've been in 12 years, you do, right? 30 to 40 deals a year, right? So you're pretty busy. Like how in the world do you figure out who, because I've, again, we we insult each other, but I think one of the things you do incredibly well is like the people I meet who have worked with you, they rave about you. They say you touch base with them. You have those touch points. Like, is there a system? Do you just pick up the phone? Like, what is it for you? <laughs> is there a system? Get out of my head. Um, <laughs> what happens with me is I spend a lot of time in the car. You know, when I'm back and forth, you know, from the firehouse, I have a two hour drive, you know, in my car, whether it's at 3.30 in the morning on the way to the firehouse or coming home at 6.30 in the morning, you know, from the firehouse. And <laughs> disclaimer, you shouldn't text and drive, you know, <laughs> but, you know, that's where a lot of my touch points, you know, generate from is that drive, you know, during the drive, I, I'm, pr I'm pretty regimented on, you know, a lot of things, you know, and organization. And, and that's another huge thing. But, you know, in my drive, you know, the first like 30, 45 minutes, I typically listen to a John MacArthur podcast followed then by a, a Daily Wire podcast. And then why I'm listening to, you know, a lot of the Daily Wire stuff, you know, something like pops up in my mind. And I just figure to reach out for that person. Or as I'm sitting there, you know, just trolling social media, literally mindless activity of just swiping up and like, oh, there's so-and-so. I haven't talked to them in a while. So I shoot them a text. You know, my biggest thing is, you know, is my phone. My mm -hmm. phone is always with me. Um, it, it's probably got over a thousand to 1500 contacts in it that I just, you know, I just reach out to people. And, and I think at those random times, you know, they're just like, oh, hey, I was, I was thinking about you. The other thing is, I think I said it before, is getting out and about. I mean, be involved in your community, be involved in, in where you live. That's probably been my biggest thing. So here in the part of Lancaster County that, you know, I live in, there's two local fairs every year, the Westland, Westland Peter Township Fair and the Solanco Fair. Now, mind you, these aren't your street fairs where there's rides and all that kind of stuff. They're purely agricultural slash vendor fairs. Um, you know, vendors do stands and people can come up to the stands and, you know, everything like that. But I did that one year and it was painful for me to stay put in one spot for three days and let people come up to me. <laughs> what I've gotten into the habit of doing is I go in every night. It's either typically Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays with a pocket full of business cards. And my goal is to leave there with no business cards in my pocket. So if I go in there with 30 business cards, I hand out all 30. And of those 30, I get five leads that year. That's a pretty solid night. You know, and then times two, you do that at two fairs, you know, it really works out. You know, I don't know how much of a backstory John had given you before today, but 
I'm coming up on the end of my first year of a four-year term as a uh, Lampeter Strasburg school director. So I sit on the school board. And other thing with doing with stuff like that is I start going to more and more Lampeter Strasburg activities. Well, guess what's still in my pocket every time I go to a Lampeter Strasburg activity is, is some business cards. Mm-hmm. Even in Florida, I was in Florida last week. I got to talking to somebody and they're like, hey, we were thinking about properties in Pennsylvania and I handed them a business card. And probably, you know, the Brian Buffinis and all the other real estate coaches. And and I don't think John will disagree. I think, John, you know, we need to have a balance of CRM and face-to-face where in this area, in in this market, I feel, you know, a, a business card in a hand and a handshake, I think, goes further than a drip email campaign. I could be wrong. I, again, I have really no statistics, you know, in front of me to to say that that's correct or incorrect. But I can say from my experience of doing this that I have. That's why you know John said my CRM is in my head. It it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, and and I do think I I think all of these things are important, and that's why I think it's great having someone who's got. I mean, you've been successful for a long time, so it's like, okay, what are the people that have been through a lot of the success? What are they doing? Tell us more. How have you kind of adjusted? Like last six months, interest rates jump into a seven eight percent. How have you adjusted your buyers? Um, right, and things have slowed for sure for a lot of us. But how have you kind of adjusted expectations from your buyers and your clients? So a couple of expectations, I think that, you know, probably that have been adjusted here the past six months is, you know, anyone, anyone new to the business, one of the things that I think you need to do, and my dad always said this, I grew up on a dairy farm, is you need to make the hay when the sun's out. So, you know, for the past two, three years, Sun's been shining. Sun's been shining really, 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 really bright. You know, so for expectations, you know, of, you know, agents, you know, that's something that you have to anticipate. Like, you know, the market's always going to go in these highs and then it's going to, it's going to drop off. You have to prepare for it. Right now, I think in Lancaster County, and I shared with John and the rest of the team is, I just think we're coming back to a stable market. We're coming back to our normal Lancaster County market as compared to the COVID market where everything was just, wow. I mean, it was three years of just of just running. But I mean, the, the thing is with preparing buyers is, I mean, the interest rates are, are dropping a little. I think, you know, I think they did, we're now down into the sixes again. I, th- I want to say mid sixes right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you got to have a, you know, a good relationship, you know, with a mortgage lender because they're the ones that have that the thumb on that market. You know, as real estate agents, our thumb is what houses are there? When When's this one coming soon? Do we have any pocket listings? Does anyone in the office have any pocket listings? Mm-hmm. You know, so I would say, you know, with, with the buyers, they're probably going to get a house at, the house's actual value, if not a little less. Mm-hmm. What I'm sure everyone has seen happen is everyone's paying over list price. Well, if you're paying over list price with a low interest rate, that's great. You know, but if you're paying over list price with a high interest rate, that's not so great. But, you know, again, I don't know all the numbers. There was actually some meme going around on Facebook. Well, if you bought a house for 
50,000 over list price at $500,000 and you had an interest rate of like 3%, and but then you bought that same house and now 25,000 under interest rate and it's at 6%, the payments are basically the same. Again, I went to the realtor.com calculator. Sorry, Chris. But <laughs> they were all, I mean, they literally were only a hundred or two hundred dollars yeah. difference. But I mean, I think that's the thing you could you prepare your buyers for is like, you know, in the past three years, you're telling your buyers, you know, when they're asking, hey, what's it going to take to get this house? And you're like, I don't know. I really don't know. You need to throw your best offer out there. Is there any appraisal gap you're willing to make up? Mm-hmm. And we're going to see if it sticks to the wall. Where now you're coming back into the market and the, the, a normalized market where it's like, okay, here's their list price. Why don't we try 20000 under list price? Or why don't we try list price and ask for 6% seller's assistance? And that's what you're going to find to offset the higher interest rate is you're going to, in my opinion, you're going to see the house price come down a little bit, or you're going to be able to get you know some seller's assistance. So you could potentially put a higher down payment to maybe bring your payment down to where you would where you would want it to be. That's, I mean, in my opinion, that's how you set your buyers up. And then on the listing side, you have to tell your listing, you know, your listing clients like, hey, this house may sit, you know, for 30 days, 45 days before you before you get an offer instead of the 24 or 48 hours that they were sitting for when the market was super hot with interest rates into the high twos, low threes. So, yeah. Well, and I think I I think by even saying that to Chris about is is a huge point. I still remember when, you know, so let's see, license in 2019, uh, you know, COVID March of 2020, right? As I feel like my business gets going and I'm like, now I have to sit at home. So what did I do? I did a mortgage Monday with Chris. Now we haven't done them for years. Why? Because we've been so busy. But I think as things shift, it gives every single realtor an opportunity. Okay, what ha- what was I not doing that now I can do? Every single person on this call with Chris or another lender that you like should have you can steal mortgage Monday for me guys. I do not care. But should like when we did that, I literally became the real estate expert. People started asking me questions when I'm like I literally don't know anything. I've brought the expert on, right? And I think a huge part of that too is like what could we have done? Now we played a lot of Madden. We'll say that. But what could we have done? We could have sat on our couch crying <laughs> about the market and how we couldn't do work out of our homes. Instead, we flexed and said, what can we do? And recorded videos. And it worked. So for all of you, and many of you on this call have said, like, things are slow. Things are this. I would do all of the things, all like email, social media, videos. Now don't overwhelm yourself, right? That's not the point of this, but it's like, what is one small thing I can start doing today, right? Chris, now that I'm I'm like, we should bring back Mortgage Mondays now that things have shifted a little bit because they were so helpful to people. And, And here's the thing, like you don't have to be the expert. You bring on an expert and suddenly you look during 2020, I knew nothing about real estate. I mean, I knew like I was learning, Andy was helping me, but I really didn't know anything but by bringing an expert on, I looked like I knew something. So, um, and that's and it, yeah. it's to the, to the point. Like during the COVID, you know, I had a lot of coffee with friends at their houses. <laughs> you know, during COVID, I mean, I, we it was so crazy. Like the restrictions that were put on us, and but that was the thing. Is like I would go over and have coffee, and I rem- I literally remember the day that the restrictions got lifted. I was genuinely having coffee with friends at their house who were who we we were talking about some things 
and he lifted the restrictions, my phone blew up. I mean, I had it on vibrate and it, it fell off the table so many times mm -hmm. just because, you know, of everything that was being lifted. So, I mean, again, to John, to John's point, to Chris's point, do anything that you can. I mean, grab coffee with somebody, you know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's one of the things that I, uh, that Kara is, is doing for me is, while she's putting together the CRM, she is writing out cards and we're mailing them to past clients and with my business card in it, with Kara's business card in it, you know, hoping to just, you know, have that that point of touch, you know, with them and, you know, see if anyone's, you know, interested in getting their house back on the market or maybe buying something else and and make yourself as marketable and out there as possible. I mean, I have a license in a second state in the state of Maryland and uh, maybe getting my Florida license, but you like that? I threw that in there just for you, John. I'm getting my Florida license. Oh, go ahead. We're going to buy an um, Airbnb there. I've already talked about it. You know, so it, again, it, it's do everything. I mean, just mm -hmm. be creative. I mean, I, I got to give, I got to give John credit, you know, he is a lot has a lot more creativity, you know, than I do. I got to give care credit. She's got a lot better handwriting, you know, than <laughs> I do, you know, but you reach it. I mean, just do, do everything that you possibly can think, think outside the box. Thinking outside the box is I think what is going to, again, no guarantee, but that's, what's going to drum, drum you up the most business. Like there was a gentleman that I used to work for, one year he drove around developments handing out pumpkins that's cool. with his business cards and or a flyer attached to it it's just stuff like that be everywhere be yeah. be present sorry you want to cut in no 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 you're good i love this i want to i have a couple more questions than i and then i will cut and i want to let people who are on the call ask some questions but um so i think you've done a really good job of this with the team so, so we have people um not on the calls right now but people that are will watch the recording that are at settlements that that are starting teams and so i think you've done a good job of like not making it like your team like it's your team but you've like right you're like john basically co-leads you you've given me the social media you've given me coaching and training care helps with crm stuff how have you been willing to like give up control and trust in like the expertise of others because as people build teams i think that's definitely a struggle for people so what would be a piece of advice for realtors on the call or watching the replay who i know two of them are literally starting teams right so what would be advice for them as they start teams so my thing is is uh, john, john will disagree i hate being the center of attention especially when it comes to this yeah. like you know i, I don't i don't need my face out there. I don't need my name there out there. Sure. Is it the Andrew Well group? It it is because that's me. And I started the team. So first one to the gate, you know, gets to name the team. You know, but it, it, it's it's always I've I felt and feel that my team is is not my team. We're we're more of a I like it as my family. I'm here to help anyone to grow their business, to learn in the business. And if come three, four, five years, they want to branch out on their own, go for it. Kara's not a kid. John's not a kid. But it's like parents raising a kid. Like, okay, you've grown up. You know, here, go out on your own. Spread your wings. 
you know, I, I think too many, you know, team leaders in, in my opinion, you know, are out to self-promote themselves. And I don't know if, if I put my sign and my name out on everyone's listing, is it going to bring us more business? I don't know. You know, I think, you know, I, I want each, I want each agent to have their own individual presence. Like each sign that goes in a yard, it, it is that agent who has that listing, whether it's their sign rider. If, if they want to put one of my big dome signs out with, with my crazy mug on it and their sign rider, I'm all for it, you know, but after they get, you know, a couple listings and then a couple uh, purchases under their belt, I buy them two big dome signs with their pictures on it so they can, people can see that they're doing business. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I probably take a really different approach from probably a lot of team leaders um, just because I'm, <laughs> I'm not here to get rich off of mm-hmm. real estate in general, but I'm not here to get rich off of my teammates. You know, my, my family, they're, they're that they're my family. We are here as a family to help each other, to help our clients. And again, we look at our clients more as friends than we do as clients. And and I think we care more about the client than we do about the commission, you know, don't which I love. I love that you repeated that because literally one of your clients that you don't just say that one of your clients wrote a review saying he cares more about the client than the commission. And so I, I think it shows a lot about how you try to run your business. And, and and I was I was very flattered when someone put that in writing and uh it's just and, and and it's it's remaining humble. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's agents out there that they're just like on to the next one. You know, one of the things, and, and John will attest to this, and so are our director of operations. I hate goals for the year. I hate them. <laughs> Guys, saying, I had to write them. I had to tell her what our goals were because he wouldn't do it. I made it go up, by the way. Anyway. Nice. I just, I hate, I hate it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about the number at the end of the year. I'm not worried about mm-hmm. the number at the end of the month. I'm worried about and focused on what's in front of me right now. There's an analogy or what the past is the past. The present is just that it's, it's a present. And, you know, we need to take care of what's in front of us right now. The future will take care of itself. I mean, God has the plan and, you know, your future is already planned. And as long as you remain focused on that plan and God's purpose for you, things work out. But it's just, yeah, you know, as as a team leader, I I don't know if I'm a good team leader. You know, I try not to be that person that don't shake your head. No, I saw that even (laughs) though I was looking off the side. (laughs) You know, I try to lead from within mm-hmm. and not from the front pulling people and not from the back pushing people. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be out and I want to hustle too. I want to do real estate. I want to do the transactions. So I, I think the biggest thing is, is as a team leader, I think you need to lead from within and not from the front and not from the back. Be be in. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Really quick, because I want to get to Q&A. Let's I love it. No, no, you're good. I I love these conversations. And it's like the time flies, but I want to honor people's times Uh, real quick. 30 seconds. What would be a piece of advice you would give yourself in 08 when you got your license, if you could go back? And then, you know, we have a lot of newer realtors on this call or realtors that are shifting because of the market. 30 seconds. What would be a piece of advice for them right now? 
<laughs> write things down, whether it's in a CRM, whether it's in your phone, whether it's on a notepad. I mean, write things down. I mean, that's my biggest thing is I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I like have this like, great idea and I'll just go back to bed. And the next morning I'm like, oh man, what was that idea? And then like three weeks later, it may pop back into my head, but literally write things down. Don't be like me, start a CRM, <laughs> you know, and whether you use it for a drip campaign, I'm not saying you have mm-hmm. to, but at least you have those people's contacts in something that if, again, like Jeremy said, if his Facebook crashes, your mm-hmm. Instagram crashes, you have something tangible right in front of you. Yeah. And then, all right. So go back to 08. What's, what would be the one thing you'd say to yourself you should be doing differently or now? Oh man. I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I, by the grace of God, I've been very blessed and, you know, very fortunate with, with what has been doing. I mean, if you look at my business plan, that would be it. Mm -hmm. Have a business, have a business plan. Yeah. You know, people have asked for mine, like just kind of like what you just did now. And I'm like, a what? (laughs) Like a business plan. But, you know, you know, again, you know, we say this a lot, but and, and and focus on keeping the horse in front of the cart. Don't get the cart in front of the horse. So don't spend your commissions before they come in. Yeah. Don't get don't put your all your eggs in one basket and keep the horse in front of the cart. Those would probably be the three biggest things that I would say to do and just continue to I would you know what? Sorry, let me back up. In 08, I probably would have been more present. I would have got my name out mm-hmm. there a lot more. You know, looking back, that's probably something that I would have changed. No, that's really good. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on today. No problem. Thanks so much, man. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode and this interview with Andy. Hope you guys really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed having him on the membership call. We uh, certainly had a great discussion and a great Q&A quick for the members of the group afterwards, but really hope you enjoyed this episode and the interview with him. A few quick takeaways. I love how he even said from the beginning that you really have to be you know, full-time at this to have success. If you really want to be successful as a realtor, it's hard to do it part-time. It's hard to do it summers. And you know, even looking at our team and even people in the membership, you know, I study this stuff, right? I talk to realtors every single week in the membership and then on coaching calls and these social media audits that I still do. And every single time that I talk to a realtor that's really crushing it, normally they are a full-time agent. And a lot of the times where I talk to agents that are struggling, they're trying to make this like a side hustle. So I would just encourage you, you know, kind of like Andy said, you cannot do this part time, right? Andy does this full time as well as his work as a firefighter paramedic, but he's still, you know, 20 something days a month is fully dedicated to real estate. So loved what he said about that time in the car. It kind of seems so simple and silly, but I think it kind of showed me a lot about, hey, what are you doing with your time in the car? And he didn't even say this explicitly, but What are you doing with that time where you're driving to showings? Could you be using that time to call past clients, check in with them, see how they're doing, see how you can help them and just be top of mind, right? You know, what did we talk about, you know, months ago? How does Tom Brady score? Well, check in after check in after check in. So love what he does in his business as well and how he talked about being out and about, going to fairs, going to, you know, all these Lampeter Strasburg activities now and 
I see it, you know, because I help lead the team. Like, I see it that it brings him a lot of success. And so I hope you guys can take that advice, be out and about in the community, go to fairs, be involved in the school district if your kids are in school, things like that. Just serve the community, serve people at your church, and it will create business. And another one, again, so much I loved about Andy and his story. But another great piece of advice, especially now where we're at in the real estate market, is adjusting those client expectations, right? You know, preparing them that it might be a buyer's market, preparing your sellers that people are not going to bid aggressively, you know, as, as aggressively, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50K over list price, and prepare them that, hey, it, it might sit for 30 days, it might sit for 45 days. Uh, you can't have your clients now expecting that it's going to be gone in 24 to 48 hours. And even, you know, it's so interesting as I got this episode ready because, you know, we just accepted a contract on our home and we only ended up with one, you know, aggressive offer. So even we had to kind of adjust our expectations about, you know, because of the rate, what we're going to sell a home for in this market. So lots of good stuff. Huge thank you. Thank you so much, Andy. Super proud of you. Super thankful for you and um, all the things you do for the team and You know, it's been a fun journey to watch the team grow and help lead the team with you. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. And even though I roused you a little bit on the episode, so thankful you finally were able to uh, come on the podcast and also check out the membership and speak to them and answer them some of their questions. So really hope all of you liked this episode. Uh, Really hope it was helpful for you hearing more about Andy and his story. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you found it helpful and we will see you on our next episode on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.